If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Hello Suns fans and welcome to another episode of the GC Suns cast, the Gold Coast Suns fan show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane, joining me on the phone is Tom, how are you going Tom? Yeah, good, good mate, a uh, bit of a bummer, our special guest couldn't make it tonight but uh, these things happen so uh, when you, if you're listening Tom or when you're listening, um, we'll look forward to talking to you sometime in the future and and uh, yeah, hope everything's okay at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, with the cancellation of Tom Boswell not being able to get on the show tonight due to family reasons, we're pretty flexible with our topics and what we can discuss tonight. So, fans, if you're if you're listening to the show live, jump onto the chat and direct the show to, to what you want us to talk about. If you want to hear about trade rumours, if you want us to discuss more about a season review. Yeah, let us know. Direct the basically direct the show the way you guys want it. Uh, otherwise, let's get stuck in with the basic admin stuff, Tom. So obviously, you'll know the drill by now. You can find us on YouTube, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, so click like, subscribe for all that sort of stuff. I'd like to thank our Patreon donors: Old Soul, Jack's Dad. Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, James Wood, and Tony. Thanks, guys, for supporting the show, and we hope you guys can continue throughout the off-season. We won't be having regular episodes throughout the off-season. However, we do plan on coming back as show uh, as topics come to light. Uh, so they could be 15-minute episodes, they could be 45-minute episodes. Obviously, around the draft period and the trade period, we're expecting to have full-length episodes. Um, but anything other than that, we'll probably just jump on, have a have a hot take on something and get back to it. And then, of course, we've got the AFLW stuff starting in January, I think, isn't it, Tom? So we'll be covering that as well. Yeah, well, they have their draft at exactly the same time as the men's, so... Uh, we'll, we'll have a you know welcome to club for a, a few of those players, kind of anticipating that we'll be taking our own academy players, so it won't be any great news there. Although, you know, pick up a couple of decent recruits uh, worth talking about. But yeah, um, the, the footy's over for the Suns for the year. But it um, is, and how good is it? Like, I know we shouldn't be so excited about the season being over, but it's a huge weight off my shoulders um, because it was getting tiring. Yeah, 18 straight losses for the Suns, and it was getting to be a bit of a drag, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, I mean, you know, we always try to stay upbeat because, you know, we, we can see that there's development happening, and when you when you go and watch a game and you see that, you know, the team do, do some really good things, like getting within 10 points on the weekend and thinking we might be on the verge of something special, then, as you say, it... The, the weight sort of, of waking up the next morning and going, oh, God, we just got flogged again. And nobody nobody else in the in the country is watching, so they just see the end result. 
and see the highlights celebrating, you know, Jeremy Cameron and all this kind of stuff. And it's yeah, it's just it just gets you down. But I'm I'm a, the Eternal Sons optimist, so I I will be. Uh, I think we're heading into our favourite time of the year, aren't we, Shane? Absolutely. Now we can look at trade, you know, trade. Unfortunately, players get delisted and. Uh, there's trade rumours, and uh, you know we we may will we or won't we get priority picks? So, lot to look forward to. Yeah, my favourite time of the year certainly. All the trade rumours it it builds up that hope for every Suns fan that next year might be different. Who are we going to get into the club? Who's who's leaving? Now we do have some news on that, but let's just hold that for a minute. Let's. Um, Let's start in chronological order of the week's events. So we'll go back to the Neeful, Tom. You and I caught caught up together and watched the Neeful game together, although I wasn't feeling that great, so I didn't do too much <laughs> watching of the Neeful. But I saw the important bits. Um, so let's start off with the score. The Suns, 14 goals, 13, 97, defeated the GWS Giants. Six goals, five, uh, 41, I think that is. Can't even read my own writing. Corbett <laughs> with three goals. Wright, Schoenfeld, Nutting and Rankin with two goals apiece. Um, give us your take, Tom. Well, look, we, we were sitting by the interchanges, so we got a pretty close-up look at the players. And, you know, gee, they're, they're a young team. And, uh, you know, a few of the, the AFL list of players, um, not, you know, not, not, not nearly as many as they should be because of our injury list, but uh, gives those young guys a go. And... If they if they'd have been playing like this all year, then then they'd be playing finals. Uh, last three games ago, needed to win all three to make the finals, and they they won two of them. And the two games they won were against the Sydney Swans and the GWS Giants, who were both playing finals this week. So uh, it goes to show we we lost against the Brisbane Lions after leading for most of the game. That would have put us in the finals. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I really enjoyed the game. I'm glad we both went early and, and uh, we talked about it all year, but I think this was this one had probably the, the most convenient starting time and and it was quite it felt quite normal to be there rather than getting there at 10.30 in the morning or something. But, uh, yeah, what, what did you think of uh, Isaac Rankin, Shane? Well, he showed a bit of spunk, didn't he? he uh, yeah. Early in the first quarter, he... He uh, tried to do the team thing and pass it, and it was a shocker of a kick. But he followed up moments later with a great smother and collected the ball and spun around a couple of players, had a shot at goal, um, kicked it, and certainly showed off to the crowd, despite there not being too many people in that section of the grandstand. Yeah. He, he's definitely got the, the Akamanis vibe about him, where he, he likes to just uh, bask in the glory of what he's just done. He does, and it, it it's it's refreshing to see because he, gee, he's bloody good, and he he was it was more like he he was probably pretending there were twenty thousand people in that stand, you know, and there were twenty, but um, it would there would have been, he would have known someone, like he would have been you know doing it for someone in the group. It was it was it was a hoot. A couple of things he did, the the cheers from the crowd, you know, there were only a few hundred people there, but. Gee, there were louder cheers for him than there were for for parts of the the, the, the AFL game. So mm. uh, it was nice to see. And as you said, he he did the team thing a lot of the time. It's when he just this pure natural talent when he just cuts loose and, and does his own thing. He's just brilliant. 
Okay, so I've got the three highest disposal getters for the Suns in that game. George Holland-Smith with 38, Fletcher with 33, and Shear with 28. Um, did George Holland-Smith dominate as much as what his stats say he did? Um, I really like Holland-Smith in the NEFL team. They always seem to do really well. He gets in and gets the, 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 the underneath ball. So he's, 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 not, he's not really called upon to be... The, 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 that fast runner or, or anything like that. There's plenty of guys like Heron and Fletcher who can who can sort of run down the, the, the speedy guys in the other team. So whereas in the AFL he he looks too slow. So um, he he's too good for Neefel and appears that at this stage just not quite good enough for the AFL team or that he, he doesn't have the same synergy that a lot of our midfielders don't forget have, have been you know playing together for a few years and they've just got these synergies that you know our midfield in um, in, in the NEFL this year has been either really awful or really good and not much in between and it tends to be really good when he's in it so I, I like him when I watch the NEFL um there, there's a reason why he's going to be back next year. Mm. And the other one that stood out was Sam Fletcher. He had the 33 disposals. And yeah. I, I specifically remember a couple of times you were just poking me in the rib saying, watch this bloke, watch this bloke here. Yeah. Um, you're, you're a big fan of Sam Fletcher, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And Reardon before him. Um, we, we, we picked up a couple of diamonds in the rough in the pre-season and mid-season draft. Uh, Fletcher will tackle all day. He's hard at it. Um, I was I was hoping he'd, he'd get a, a game, get blooded in the last in the last um, game on Saturday night. But uh, you know you, you can't sort of push these things. Um, he'll come out and have a strong pre-season. Um, if he puts a bit more weight on and a bit more muscle, but keeps his his fitness level and <clears throat> potentially. Because he was training with, I believe, Box Hill over the over the preseason, so essentially training with Hawthorne, um, but you know, not getting to do their, their their big overseas stuff or whatever. But um, you know, he 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 played like he's had a good preseason, but a proper preseason with the club, he could be the answer to our our, our uh, inside mid shortage that we've seemed to have. Uh, but yeah, love him. He's a very good player. Uh, there are there are players on that on that NEFL team who I think are, are incredible. Uh, unfortunately, we're saying goodbye to three of them. All right. Well, before we go into that, we'll we'll go on to the AFL game. Uh, but just to finish off, old soul in the chat. Big shout out to one of our favourite Patreon donors. Uh, a big fan of uh, loved the highlight from Isaac Rankin. And he agrees that Fletcher could certainly push for seniors. Um, now let's chat about the AFL game. Not as fun to watch as the NEFL. The Suns lost by 72 points to GWS. 7 goals 13.55 to 20 goals 7.127. King had 3 goals. Sexton had 2 goals. Now this game was very much a... No, I don't want to use that cliche. It basically was really good in the the first half. Besides the Giants getting an early lead of five goals, um, the Suns really worked hard, pegged it back for the last last half of the first quarter and throughout the second quarter, but they just couldn't finish. They were doing all the hard work, but their disposal efficiency and in the end their shots at goal, they just weren't converting them and they weren't getting the reward for the effort. Yeah, at one stage it was 
five straight goals to GWS and five straight behinds to the Suns. And, you know, that's that's five shots on goal each. And, you know, in most games, it could be 3-2 two to 2-3 two, or something like that, or, you know, the scores could be level. Um, you, you know, you're not going to have as stark a difference in many games. So, And a lot of those behinds in that first quarter were set shots, weren't they, Shane? Yeah, they were. Um, I can't remember, but there, there were with some notable goal kickers that we had missing shots. I think Sexton might have missed a couple. Yeah, Darcy McPherson missed a couple in the first half, and you could just sort of see that if he had have got up and got an early goal, that usually gets him up and about. And, and there, I don't know, I don't know what was wrong with Darcy on on, uh, on Saturday night. He he played forty nine percent of the game, uh, which has some bearing on why we slipped away in that third quarter because we didn't have our best. Well, he's not our best player, but you know we we didn't have our little little bulldog. Uh, putting on the pressure and and, and uh, we were one short in the rotation. Don't know that there was necessarily any injury that they've announced, but there's something because mm. he and, didn't play. And the uh, well, after half time, it, besides a, a minor fight back for probably the first five minutes of that third quarter, where we the Suns got within I think two goals. Um, yeah. The Giants quickly from then on in it was all the Giants. Uh, they kicked. Quite a number of goals in a row. I can't remember the exact figure. Eleven. Eleven. Um, and it was it turned into the Jeremy Cameron show. I was yeah. sitting near the the GWS Neefel side, and yeah, it was all celebration from them. It, it it was quite embarrassing actually to watch. I noticed they moved Sam Day down onto Jeremy Cameron probably late in that third, um, but Cameron was still able to to get the uh, the final goals to, to take home the Coleman. Yeah, he was. And, I mean, if that's a motivation for a team that's already playing finals, then there's not too many too much other motivation other than to to try to embarrass a pretty young and inexperienced son's back line. And they tried a number of people on him. Um, Sammy Day seems to be quite rusty at his, uh, uh, you know, at his defensive skills. Um, I'm calling for him to go back all year, but we can kind of see why they haven't because um, he's hardly a shutdown defender. He, he can compete and he does a good job, but he wasn't any match for Jeremy Cameron. And I don't know that there's that many players in, in running around in the AFL who actually are a good matchup. The only way to kind of you know keep him to zero goals is to double team him, and the Giants are just far too dangerous in the in the forward fifty to, to have two players on one. So yeah, we were on a hiding to nothing with that. He was always going to get the goals, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And basically, from after that mini fight back from the Suns at the start of the third, it really wasn't worth watching the rest of that game. It was a sad way to send off some club legends uh, in Michael Riscatelli. Sorry, yeah. a club legend in Michael Riscatelli. <laughs> um, but we we did see a few highlights. Riscatelli was able to get involved in a couple of good passages at play. Um, we saw Aaron Young kick a great goal for in mm. his 100th game of AFL. Mm. So Well, yeah, Risk got on the goal-scoring board as well. So... We, you know, we, we, we did. I, I don't know that Took was necessarily in his best form, but um, I think the the Suns midfielders, including Took, kind of got um, not necessarily tagged, but um, well well held uh, and probably beaten. 
Um, so, and speaking of which, the uh, the, the GWS uh, a couple of minutes ago have just signed Stephen Coniglio, so that ends that little uh, rumour that the Suns might be in the market for him. Um, so, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have someone like him? It would, but that's actually big news, the re-signing of Coniglio, and would have some have some uh, ramifications for Suns. So, before we move into that, let's just quickly, our top three votes for the Giants game, I went with Wits for three votes, Ainsworth for two votes, he had a really good uh, a midfield role, was really damaging, 15 contested possessions, and Weller with the one vote. He was instrumental in that uh, when he moved into the midfield. He had 11 tackles, 21 pressure acts. And um, back on DeWitts, I know he was your top three votes as well. 69 yeah. outs. He just played the best game he played all year. He hates Shane Munford. He he uh, he was going into contests like I haven't seen Wits go into a contest like that where he, he really... Um, he would go in and make the body-on-body contact first and then, you know, and, and I mean, Mumford's a very physical ruckman, but, um, yeah, Witsy just dominated him. And, and you know, Mumford is one of the, you know, top 10 ruckmen of, of ever. You know, he's, he's posted a couple of really good seasons and he's passed it now, but he's still very good. So, yeah. And last time, last time uh, they, they faced each other, um, Witsy, remember Witsy in the middle of the season, and and Mumford was yeah. was roughhousing a lot of Suns players, and Witsy just went over and and yeah. smashed him one and knocked out his front tooth. So, uh, do you want who who was your uh, your other two vote getters from that game? Uh, well, Weller for two, and if, if Wits wasn't so good, it would have been Weller, um, and and Jack Bowes. Um, I was astounded to see Bowes on on the bench for so long. Um, because whenever he was out there, he was creating. He's always got time, and he always makes really good decisions. And he's just so so clean with the ball. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I've got, I've got, if he doesn't, if he wasn't credited with goal assists, then he then he ought to have been. And as you know, that's one of my favourite stats. Because I mean, what's better than than an assist? You know, a goal, but not much else. Hmm. So uh, he was he was keeping us in it, and uh, clearly missed him. And next year he's going to come back better than ever, and I, I really can't wait for it. Well, that concludes our voting for this season, and I've got the tally here, Tom. So let's let's do a top three. And should we should we uh, should we should we reveal who we predicted earlier in the year first? Okay, yep, let's do that. So in our first, went back to our first season. Uh, first show this season and we predicted the BNF, I predicted Pierce Hanley and Tom, you predicted Jack Martin <laughs> Not only, he probably won't show up for the best and fairest Now, anyway. now uh, our, our best and optimistic. fairest folks Now, I'll start off, we'll do just do one, two, three, I've got all of them here Maybe I'll post them up on our Facebook later if people are interested Otherwise, for coming in number three, 24 votes Braden Fiorini. So he Isn't had a great, great year, great standout year. Played that, played pretty much every game, I think. Um, he did, and that's the first time he's he's had some really injury riddled years. He's probably not. He isn't as developed as he should be by this this stage. But 
or rather it's taken him this long to become this developed and it should have been sort of a year or two ago when we were seeing this kind of footy. But yeah, he just had a cracking year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I'm fortunate enough to meet the Fiorini family a few weeks back. And I can certainly tell you that uh, his father taught him taught him everything he knows. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So number two uh, is Jared Witts on 28 votes. So great yeah. standout. And as you were, you've been talking, Witts is leading or he's the leader in the ruck competition for Ruckman. Well, he he's just had the very best statistical season for hitouts in the history of the AFL, and he he had the most hitouts ever, and the most success well the most the most ruck contests ever, and the most successful hitouts, and for him to not make all Australian, I mean, there's a very strong case there because Gorn was not as strong as he was last year, so you've got Gorn running at about ninety percent. And the argument that I would strongly push would be that Wits would at a hundred percent is better than Gorn at ninety percent. But look, we're we're in an era where um, there's probably about five elite ruckmen, and and we've got one of them. So you know, it's a piece in the puzzle. It's really important. You said at the start of the year that, uh, that the player that we could least afford to 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 lose was Jared Wits, and guess who I said the player we could least afford to lose. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it was our number one. It was which... Jack Martin. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we lost him. But so, so who's our number one? Our number one on 36 votes is David Swallow, the other captain of the Gold Coast Suns. So our captain's leading the way with a one-two punch. And David Swallow was instrumental in the first few, first couple of months of the Suns. And he, he had a sort of resurgence later in the season as well. But yeah. he single-handedly dragged us into games and even won us that Fremantle game with the, the kick to put us in front. Yep, yep. Look, there's there's um, there's been times this year where he's lined up for some very crucial goals and uh, not gimme goals either and just nailed it. Um, I think towards the end of his career, he'll end up being one of those guys who just goes forward for a lot of the time and just sort of cameos in the midfield uh, because he's, he's such a good player that he just attracts the ball. But, yeah, he's had, he's had the, by far the, the best. It wasn't that close in the end. Eight votes, so that's, you know, four or five games where he was better. Um, All right, I'll well... Say this, I'll say this about, about Swallow and Fiorini. They were our best midfielders, but they were probably the ones who had the heaviest tags. And we expect Swallow to get tagged every now and then or... or how did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com closely marked but it's probably a real a real compliment to Fiorini that oppositions are going to tag him and when he only has like 20 touches it's when he's just been tagged into misery when he goes out and has 35 touches you know you see why oppositions want to tag him yeah yeah okay so let's move on to our goal scorers I predicted uh, Burgess would be our top goal scorer and you predicted Peter Wright now, the actuality of 
that, if I can bring up the stats here, or do you have them there? We've got Alex Sexton with 39 goals. And Peter Wright second with 21 goals. Ben King was third with 17. And Burgess is all the way down... Not, qu- not quite the bottom. Yeah, he got, no, got he got a couple of goals. You got four goals. Four goals, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not doing too bad. I, I think um, the fact that he didn't actually play that many games, um, it, it, it seemed to me that he got uh, into goal-scoring positions in the preseason and it didn't translate. Hmm. Okay, well, finally, that leads us into the recruit of the year, and that was from all of our draft picks or players that we traded in. I chose Burgess as the recruit of the year at the start, and you chose Homsch. Now, I'd say you're probably winning that. I think Homsch was um, more crucial to the Suns, considering the injuries we copped with our defenders. Yeah, look, I mean, I'd say we probably halved that one because... I think um, I think Burgess kind of showed as the season went on when they took him from from forward where he just he wasn't producing as well as as we thought certainly after the preseason. We um, commentators were sort of saying that Burgess really looks like a full forward for for the Suns and nobody else does. Um, certainly, you know we had a lot of forwards, but nobody was really you know showing at that point. Whereas uh, Hobbs just kept doing this the same job and had less and less help every week until he finally went out injured. So yeah, I mean I think I think um I think we know now that Burgess is the swing man who starts off on the bench, goes back to help out, but you know, can can run through the middle and can do it quite a lot. And he's even developed some some chopping out in the ruck skills, which I, I, in the last couple of games, which I think will be quite valuable. So yeah, so- I reckon half half and half. Homshi was great, but Burgess just showed a lot all year, different So, so different who do times. you think was the recruit of the year? Because that's a tougher one to, to to decide. Oh, yeah. Well, look, you know, what do we say? Do we say Lukosius played 21 games or do we say King played 13 games but scored 17 goals? Um, or you know, Miles. Um, Miles played most of the games, averaged 21 disposals. Yeah, yeah, true. Look, I mean, I think we had 19 games in the end. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I, I think probably the answer is that we, we didn't have a, an outstanding recruit, although we thought at the time that we'd had a fairly outstanding recruitment in comparison to what went out well, and what came in. In the games was, that Sam Collins played, you would say that he would have been the outstanding recruit, but unfortunately yeah. due to injury... He missed over half the season, and that's probably hurt his chances of being named the recruit of the year for the Suns. I I would probably actually have to say, you'd, you'd have to go Ben King, I think. He showed the yeah. most promise, um, and he exceeded all expectations, I thought. Well, he's certainly the draft pick that, that, did, that, that did make the greatest leap. Um, I mean, you know, Luco was playing Sandful. So for him to come over and, and, and pretty much be ready to play AFL, and he, he's shown progression throughout the year, but King went from playing schoolboy footy to, to to the AFL, and it took him a little bit to, to, to get used to it. But, he, you know, it wasn't helping anybody for him to be, you know, mouldering away in, in the in the kneeful 
when he was kicking bags in the NFL and, and doing everything asked of him. So um, every game he seemed to get better and better and better. And, yeah, I saw him from close up on the bench. He's a big unit and only 19. So let's wait to see what he comes back back looking like in the preseason. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of awards, we've had the AFL Player Award nominations come out. Swallow and Wits have been nominated, along with Darcy McPherson. Swallow is nominated for Most Courageous. And we also have Ben King nominated for Best First Year Player. So best of luck to, to those. And hopefully... Their colleagues agree with them. Um, yeah, and that, that award is is quite interesting, isn't it? But uh, not to harp on it, but it's uh, it, it, it usually ends up with a quite a more of an honest take on the on the year rather than these all Australian teams or or the brown low. It, it's just like a okay, this player did this the best, and that's what all their peers reckon. So yeah, be interested to see how that turns out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the post, post-game post stuff. Now, let's start off with some news that came out this morning. Jack Martin has officially requested a trade from the Gold Coast Suns. So, as we were just discussing with the Stephen Coniglio news, which has just uh, come about... That's actually going to increase interest in Jack Martin as one of the few uh, premier key pieces in this uh, trade period. And hopefully that will up his value and essentially up what the Suns can get back. Well, certainly the talk around the traps on on social media is that um, today, suddenly Jack Martin's not a very good player at all. And and uh, I just think it's hilarious how people try. You know, they they want him at their club, but they 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 don't want to pay you know seven hundred grand and and trade a first rounder for him. So it will be very interesting to see how that goes up and down. Right now, the you know the the socials are very split on on uh, and even even the uh, you know the, the the experts are very split on exactly what Jack would be worth or where he's going or what he's doing. Um, I, I would think the consensus at the moment is that he's probably. I think Suns he, will probably ask for like a, a first round pick, but where that lands depends on negotiations. Absolutely, they should be asking for a first round pick. I think realistically, he's a mid to late first round pick. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed to the Suns having to trade a, a later pick with Jack Martin to try to boost the currency up. Um, looking at our draft picks, we've got pick one, and then I think it's pick uh, the pick tied to Brisbane, so that could be anywhere yeah. from 15 to 18, you would think. Yeah. Um, and then there's not much after that. I think it's not back until we're in 50-odd or 60-odd that we've got a selection. So it makes me think, going into this draft period, we're going to be only selecting a handful of players. Now, the other thing with this is... The grand final, uh, sorry, the AFL Commission met with Mark Evans and Tony Cochran this morning to discuss a range of concessions to the Suns. Uh, One of those was obviously a priority pick at the top end of the draft. So if if we get that, which rumours are circulating that we will, you would think we'll take Raul and Anderson with the first two picks being the best mates they are. And mm. then I think the rest of our selections from the draft would just be academy players. 
butter it, uh, ace, gore if they get bid on. Otherwise, we'd probably take them as rookies in the, the preseason draft. Um, so I think anything else, any other currency we get coming in is going to be recycled and pushed out to to get mature players into the club because that seems to be the real push. And news that's also circulating today is that Sean Burgoyne is pretty much a done deal to come to the Suns. So what's your take on Sean, Sean Burgoyne? Uh, yeah, well, this this is something that I just sort of had, had a bit of a read of just before we went to air. Um, I've been hoping that this would happen. At, let, let's just be, you know, open and honest about this. Um, everyone's lauding the fact that the Lions got Luke Hodge, and yes, Hodge is a he's a leader, and he's a, he's been able to in, to implement the game plan that that. Um, that Fagan wanted and able to lift the, that that Brisbane defence into being a shutdown defence that can rebound and has confidence to move the ball quickly and around the flanks. When the game the game is essentially quarterbacked by Hodge, and the idea is for the Suns to try and find somebody who can do the same sort of thing. Um, Although the same game plan doesn't seem to be what they want, but that's that's probably a good thing. Um, and they think that Burgoyne's the person to do that. So I, I firmly believe uh, if he comes in and plays a couple of seasons, doesn't have to play every game, but um, he wants to get to 400, doesn't he, Shane? He does. And to do that, he'd probably have to play two seasons at the Suns. Um, based on the way he's played, even as recently as last weekend, I'd be taking Burgoyne over Hodge. Uh, Hodge, uh, Burgoyne's just a lot more uh, flexible in which mm. position he plays, and he has an impact still. Um, he's he's his nickname is Silk, and he plays like that. Um, he's going to bring leadership to the club, and his skills, and his. Um, <clears throat> Knowledge of a successful football club would just be invaluable on-field and off-field for the Suns, and I'm not against it. I think it's a great move by the club. Um, so if that's the first puzzle piece to fall, I'm quite happy with that. Now, we've got... Well, well the other the other thing is that he he's a family man. I think he might have four kids, and a wife and four kids is a pretty big family to just up and move. But he's already upped and moved once in his in his career from Adelaide, so uh, you would you would wonder if the Suns is becoming like the third South Australian club. Um, if, uh, if if he was going to move here, it would need to be a long term deal that involves playing and then coaching, and I think that'd be really good for several reasons. It'd be good for the the women's team to have someone like him around the club. You know, he's a five time premiership winner. And um, he'd be good for the Indigenous players in both the men's and women's and the junior programs. So, yeah, there's there's huge upsides. We could go on for an hour about Silk, or as Fox Woody are calling him, Sun Silk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Old Soul in the chat doesn't agree with me. He'd rather have Hodge over Burgoyne. I personally don't think Hodge is able to play footy next year he he looks too cooked for me but he does have a great footy iq so i can understand what where old soul's coming from um if we go back to jack martin mr bods in the chat says martin is now worth a top 10 pick with coniglio gone 
Uh, mm. That may be the case. It's certainly going to start a bidding war, and in the end, that's good for the Suns because it will be uh, to their benefit as long as Jack Martin doesn't specifically say, no, this is the only club he wants to go to, which is probably a problem at the moment. Look, if if uh, if we kept Martin for another year, he'd then be in free agency or a year or two, and then he went to free agency. We're not going to get anything for him. Um, well, sorry, what we get for him would be likely to be an end of first round pick. So that's sort of where the the first this for me that's kind of why the the first rounder end of first rounder is kind of being mooted because that's the compensation we'd get in a year anyway. So. We're 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 ready to move on him now if if he wants to go, and he's out of contract now, so we're not going to give him like another year contract because then we're just back where we started. Sort of similar to to Stephen May. It's like just let's let's move on it now. He's sort of is he coming? Is he going? Well, he's going. There is there does remain every chance that he stays, but well, I shouldn't say every chance. There does remain a chance. It's just small, and with every every sort of day that goes by, that chance goes smaller and smaller. So the bidding war could put him up to top 10. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there and say St Kilda will put up uh, pick five, or which will probably end up being pick six, uh, because the value of pick five or six will actually diminish at, on draft night because we're going to get the priority pick and potentially Tom Green gets bid on by GWS. So St Kilda's number five pick on the indicative order is going to get pushed back and back and back. But if they trade it and they ask for Jack Martin and something else from us, then or next year's second rounder or something like that, then we we uh, you know we move up the draft board up to five, which as, as I said would end up being about seven. Okay, I'm not so sure on that St Kilda. I think they're up to their eyeballs in trying to secure Brad Hill from Fremantle. Um, but well, Stephen Hill resigned today, so he did unfortunately, and the Suns were if... going after him, but rumours are that he failed the medical test for the Suns, so he's agreed to stay with Fremantle. But uh, we know Essendon, Carlton, Hawthorne, the Bulldogs, and St Kilda are interested in Jack Martin. And I also believe North Melbourne were inquiring earlier in the year. So there's at least six clubs in Victoria all Mm. interested in Jack Martin. Um, And they all, well, I think think they all have a first-round draft pick with the exception of... um, Essendon, who gave it away for Dylan Shield last year. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to news that came out just before we came to air tonight. Uh, the Suns have delisted their first three players, Leslie, Shear, and Nutting. Do you want to give us a background on these guys, Tom, and their list spots? Yeah, um, the, so so it does free up... Well, uh, as we go to air, there are five list spots now now vacated um you know which i guess you can you could look at that and say that that's a, a a good thing because we need to vacate spots uh first we'll start with brad Shear, um academy player so it seems like he's been with the club for a very long time uh he was delisted last year and then re-rookied for a year seems like a pretty harsh decision to to um 
get rid of him after one year on the rookie list when he had two more years remaining to win his spot back. However, the hard decisions have had to be made and have started with Shearer. Um, Jack Leslie spent an eternity on our list and uh, has was very starved opportunities under under May and, and Thompson and. When he did come into the team, it was when one or both of them was injured. So um, he he could he was a late first round pick, you know. He he could have become anything. Um, unfortunately for Jack, it's it's just that kind of year. Every, every year we have someone like him who's been around for quite a while, and and uh, and and we just have to let them go because you got to you got to make room. And the third one is one I'm pretty salty about. I'm, I'm pretty dirty about it, actually. It's Connor Nutting, who is is a, a senior listed player, not not even a rookie, um, and he has unfortunately been delisted. Now, no word yet as to whether Connor Nutting might be offered the lifeline that Shear and Leslie were offered last year, which was to come back onto the rookie list. If they don't do that, I'll be really, really disappointed because Conor Nutting had, has played 36 NFL games. He's kicked about that many goals. Um, he can play up forward. He can play down back. He can play out on the wing. He is only 19. He isn't even 20 years old yet. And he's been playing for three years in the NFL team. So um, he was seen the emergency a couple of times. I'm just devastated. There's... Potentially, you know, we never we don't really go into this kind of thing, but there's potentially, um, you know, a knock on him from the club in in internal areas that's between him and them. So, you know, it's it's disappointing. We'll wait and see. Um, last year they did come out and, and re rookie four players, so you know there, there could be a chance for him to come back at the at, when we get to the rookie draft. Yeah, uh, the other two, the other the other two players, of course. Uh, we've had a retirement in, in uh, Michael Ricciatelli and the announcement that Jack Martin will leave. So, uh, But even then, we, with our list, we don't, we don't know what our status is. Uh, are the AFL going to let us keep the 49 spots that we had? Um, when are the, When's the club going to announce that Ace is the Category B rookie? All these, all these variables. Um, so I'll, I'll try and keep up that on the Facebook page because things happen as they happen and they usually happen pretty fast. So we're not necessarily going to be able to get on the air and, and discuss it in great detail. Yeah. All right. Well, we've pretty much covered everything for tonight. We've got a few minutes left. Let's cover some questions. Uh, Bods is... Basically saying he doesn't understand why Burgoyne is coming to the club when we have so many coaches and welfare people already and doesn't understand the ethos of bringing in old players to improve culture. So basically the point of getting a player like Burgoyne or Hodge into the side is that they're playing while they're coaching so they can sort of help the players on the field because with the reduction of the runner... Our club's not being able to use the runner as much anymore. The the players really need uh, on-field leadership to help direct them and coach them while they're on the field. So that's the benefit in bringing in someone like a Burgoyne to help out. And I understand where he's coming from, and I think it would be a concern if we were to bring in half a dozen or two, probably any more than two would probably be too much. But I think someone of Burgoyne's character... Uh, is is certainly worthwhile for the club. 
Um, what else? Well, say, we could we could just settle for Eddie Betts and, and Sean Burgoyne and and uh, and a few a few draft picks. Yeah, well, could... I've heard rumours as well that Eddie Betts is close to a done deal, but uh, we don't have any hard hard proof on that, so we'll just ignore that for the time being. Where, well, where where did it come from? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, we've got so Patrick it came, Michael. It came, from, it came from a number of sources who all swear that yep. they that they saw it and heard it happen. But you, you, you're not going to go go out and, and say it's anything more than a rumor. Eddie Betts has got his yep. bags packed and yep. he's t- instructed his agent to to make a way because he's still got a year to go with Adelaide. But Adelaide were dropping him to the sandful, so okay. you know. And we've got Patrick Michael on Facebook asking, "What would you? What were the three biggest selling points you'd pitch to young players to come to the Gold Coast?" So you've already responded on our Facebook with living away from the media, world class facilities, beach lifestyle, quality education options, proximity to Brisbane and Byron, and opportunities to be involved as an ambassador. I think that pretty much sums it up. I don't think there's anything else I could add that would. Uh, which would be added to to sell the Gold Coast. It's a great place to live. You know, the hinterland, the beaches, everything in close proximity. And uh, the traffic's not bad enough uh, to, you know, that you're sitting for tra- in two, that you're sitting for two hours in traffic trying to get from point A to point B. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think AFL players in the modern day they they really look at a, a variety of things. Uh, and, and and look, Melbourne. Um, you know, it's, it's been my my town for a number of years, and Melbourne's got the lot. You know, you 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 really you really just sort of get used to the idea that it's going to be bloody cold. Um, but you know, you're training and playing for most of the time if you're in the AFL. Um, however, if you if you're playing in Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide or the West Coast, you you you've got media that are just you know it's toxic. All right, and, uh, Tom, we've so got to wrap it up. That's the end of the show. Just want to say thanks to all our Patreons and keep an eye out for us over the next few months. Go Suns! Go Suns! If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.